Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to episode 27, 27 of Move the District. Today, I am joined by Nildo Silva. Nildo is a licensed massage therapist and certified personal trainer with over 10 years of experience. Uh, Nildo's background is also interesting because he is originally from Brazil. Nildo, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, Max, thank you for having me, and uh, I hope you all understand my accent. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. You're going to come through crystal clear. Okay. Uh, and this is, uh, for those of you listening at home, this is take two. We, uh, we originally tried this about two weeks ago, and uh, thanks to uh, poor planning on my part, we ran out of space on my computer, and now we are recording this via the Zoom cloud, so I don't think there's going to be any issues. If there are, well, you probably won't end up hearing this. So it's all for naught. Anyway, Neil, though, let's, uh, let's jump in here a little bit. Let's talk about a little bit about your, your background and how you got started uh, in, in personal training. Because, I mean, you're originally from Brazil. At what point did you decide, hey, I want to go into this, the, the world of fitness? Uh, as you said, I was born and raised in Brazil, right? And mm-hmm. then I remember growing up in Brazil, I always enjoy playing sports and it's physical demands, right? And um, I, when, I, when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted. In Brazil, you have to decide out front what your major back then. Today's different, more like US, you know, but back then I had to decide out front my major. And then I, because I love sports, I decided to study uh, physical education. So. So yep. that was it. Yes. What uh, what sports did you play growing up? Uh, soccer, of course. Soccer, of course. Yeah, and here uh, in Brazil, anything else oh, is yeah, sacrilegious, right? To, oh yeah, not very good about it. My brothers, I have five siblings, and my older brother, he is very, very good. I don't know how, never got in a, a big, big contract, you know, with a team, big team in Brazil. But anyway, did, did he play professionally? Uh, yeah, he's still. Yeah, but still he never, okay. he's still playing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yes, also I used to play uh, uh, volleyball. Also, it's, uh, volleyball is very big in Brazil. Oh, know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So beach volleyball, beach volleyball. and also indoor volleyball. I don't yes. know if you know, but they do uh, also do foot volley in Brazil. Have you heard of it? They, they do. Say that again. They do what in Brazil? It's a... Uh, is a foot volley. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh. You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't use your hands. No? Foot volley. Two on each uh, uh, side of the. Like volleyball, foot, but you yeah? only use your but feet. You only use your feet, your head, and your chest. You cannot use your hands. Oh my yeah. god! And yeah. so, did you? It's did you play cool. that? Did you play that? Uh, no, 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 no. I used to do the the indoor uh, indoor okay. volleyball and outdoor. Volleyball, that's all. Yeah. The beach volleyball. Beach volleyball is tough, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're running around in the sand there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Brazil is very good. Yeah. I know it's yeah, always in the, uh, in the Olympics. In the I always finals, yeah. Feel like it's yeah. always Brazil versus the United States in, oh, yeah. Oh, in yeah. volleyball. And, and so you grew up playing volleyball, playing soccer, and, uh, and, then, at what, and then you decided, hey, I'm going to go to school. I like sports. I like exercising. I like fitness. So I'm going to go to school. Was the original plan at that point, like so? I think so many others 
here in the United States, when you kind of have that background upbringing, that idea, the, 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 the thought process is let me go work with those professional athletes. Did you like think that you want to go work with soccer players or volleyball players, or you were just like, no, I was working fitness. No, I, uh, I thought I was going to end up working at school, teaching physical education at school, uh, okay. you know? Yeah. But, uh, at my last year at college, I start to work in a gym, you no know, teaching classes, uh, as I said to you before, we had this uh, very popular class in Brazil, even today, called Localizada. It's a resistance training class, you know, very, very popular. It's a co-ed class, usually one hour. And uh, similar to that class called Body Pump. Oh, yeah. Yep. But before Body Pump came out, uh, we used to do that back in Brazil. So, yeah. And that was, I, I was teaching the, uh, that class. You know, yeah. it's like uh, any, any, it's pretty much like any other resistant class here in the US, you no know, group exercise class. You know? Now, yeah. now was that, and then did it kind of like hit you? Like, hey, I, I can make good money doing this? Or was it, I enjoyed doing this? Well, what made that, like, what was that? Why was that a turning point for you? Um, um, let me see, I don't, you know, I don't remember really. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, uh, at, at college, I was also, uh, uh, how to say, uh, teach, uh, I, I passed, you know, as a teacher, when you teaches, uh, how to say, a teacher, like, like a graduate assistant. Yes, yeah, yeah. For, a, a for, for the volleyball, system? yeah, for the volleyball discipline, right? Oh, and okay. uh, yeah, I was doing that, and then I think somebody just offered me a job, you know, in a gym to teach classes back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Interesting. Okay, and yeah. and then and then, but then from there, you saw like that, not just like a physical education like teacher, but you saw that you could become a trainer or a fitness instructor. Uh, yes, and the, the fitness industry was like booming right back right. then, you know, was the beginning of everything I remember, you know, and uh, it was very popular back then, uh, step aerobics, mm -hmm. remember that? <laughs> so what year, what year was this? Uh, I hate to age you, but. Okay. Uh, 1990 yeah, yeah okay the 90s yeah yeah okay so we're in the 90s, in the 90s yeah, yeah. so so although that because that was like the first rise of like fitness classes like you said the step aerobics yep a lot of uh those other ones i know like the body pump i know kind of followed after that and then when do you make the transition into personal training um uh... Let's see. Mm. Uh, personal training was not big back then. And I think by nine, the mid 90s, you know, it starts to get very popular. And uh, uh, people, uh, I think here in the US mm -hmm. was more popular, okay, personal training, because in Brazil, when you join a gym, even today, you have a teacher that can guide you at the gym, can do your body assessment, can make a program for you, you know. Yep. And, uh, and because of that, I think people didn't need like to hire a personal trainer like here in the U.S. Here, if you join a gym, you are on your own, right? You need, I mean, you have no clue. So you, you have to, if you don't, no, I mean, you have to hire a personal trainer in order to yeah. be able to do something and don't hurt yourself, right? Yeah, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of like, you know, people just join a gym and then it's kind of like, well, I joined a gym, now what? And, and you know, you get the people who end up doing, you know, the, the beach muscles, they, get, they come in, they do their bench press, they do their bicep curls, maybe they do like one, you know, leg exercise and then they get the hell out of there or they do their, they gotta do their abs too. Always gotta do abs. Those are the, uh, right. The, the beach muscles. And, uh, and then as a result, you know, people end up, uh, in trouble, you know, because oh, yeah. they're only training certain movements, certain body parts. 
and you know, compensations develop and that's, that's why personal trainers exist. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, when you ask me how the transition, so was right before I moved to us, okay. uh, the last year when I was becoming very popular personal training and I had, I was teaching classes and I was, I was going to get, I was getting clients to do personal training from the group exercise class. So that's how yep. it, the whole thing started. Yeah. Okay. And then, so then you, you came to the U S in what? 2000? 2001. Yeah. 2001. Yeah. So, I mean, now you've been here for 19 years, you've been working in the fitness industry for 19 years. How does, uh, the fitness industry here compared to the fitness industry in Brazil? Uh, I think it's big here, also in Brazil. You know, Brazil, most of the capitals are by the water, by the yeah. Atlantic Ocean, you know, and people work out pretty hard there too because you can go to the beach pretty much all year long. The weather, you know, you can go to Brazil even during the winter there. It's yeah, always beach you know? season. Yeah. So you, need, you want to look good to go to the beach, right? right? So, yeah. But you are very influenced by U.S., you know, by everything, everything here in the U.S. Of course. Right. So especially fitness trend and anything. Yeah. How, how have things, I guess a better question is, how have things adapted over the years? Because now, like, you know, you, you've been doing, you've been teaching classes for over 20 years. Or, or I'm sorry, you've been in the industry for over 20 years. How have you seen things shift? Have you seen like a focus, you know, in terms of training, like for like aesthetics to longevity? I mean, have you seen, um, you know, any kind of like uh, changes happen? Or do you think oh, yes. it's up yeah. all the time? No, change this, this field is all the time, it's constant, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I try to use all my experience, you know, to train my clients and apply every, a little bit of everything, you know, like combination of uh, CrossFit, uh, old school weight training, you know, combine yeah. everything, yoga, you know, combine everything together. And, uh, but my goal with my clients at the end is just to make them move better, you know? Yeah. Of course. It's, it's to be aware of the limitations, right? And adapt everything. And as I said, my goal is to make them move better. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, at the, hey, at the end of the day, movement is medicine. Well, I, yeah. I always, uh, that's what I always say. Movement is medicine. And yeah, uh, like, yeah I, I think, remember, I, I think you said, sorry. <laughs> no, I, said, I think the, that it, go ahead. Okay. You said that uh, people need to, you know, order a podcast, like we should know how to, uh, deadlift, right? Yeah. Uh, press, correct, right? Yep. And uh, what else? Uh, there's one more. Squat. Uh, squat, squat, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there's, those are movements Best. we do in everyday mm -hmm. life. You know, mm -hmm. you, you squat, you know, when you're getting up and down from the toilet. You deadlift when you pick up the garbage bag. And you press, you know, when you're reaching for the top shelf in the, in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Those are movements yeah. that we do every day. So, uh, I think, you know, incorporating those basic movements into a program is ultimately what people need. And I think everybody can benefit from that in some sort of way, you know, and that like, for instance, like the squat, you know, depending on the person, it could be as simple as, you know, getting in and out of a chair or for someone, it could be squatting 300 pounds, you know, it's all about where they fall on the spectrum. But I think those pillars uh, ultimately should play a main role in really just about everybody's, uh, you know, fitness program to some extent. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yep. Do you, do you think, uh, you know, I know you said that you, you've noticed that like the fitness industry is always changing and there's always new things, new fads. Do you think that's a good thing that there's always these new things happening? I think so. Especially people get bored, right? Usually. Right. Mm -hmm. I think so. But of course we've, uh, Backup research, you know, right. I think should be backup by research too. Yeah. Right. And I, I think sure. that's kind of where I think the industry gets into trouble is, you know, 
a lot of these things necessarily aren't backed by research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of things that are just kind of thrown out there because they look cool. I know in the phys- physical therapy world, yeah. things that they, they've been doing for decades that aren't backed by research, but we're still doing them. Ultrasound, kinesio tape, uh, yeah. you know, th- those kind of things aren't backed by any kind of research, but we still do them. We're still uh, doing it. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I, I just, I, I always like, wonder i know you, know, you are interesting because you have a degree in excuse me in exercise science which yeah. i think is always an interesting thing to see in the fitness world because i feel like almost like you're a minority i feel like there aren't a lot of people who have exercise science degrees in like i don't know at least in my Correct. bubble here um and and yeah. i think that uh it plays a very valuable role uh, what are your thoughts on that yeah, in Brazil, to work in the fitness industry, you have to go to college and get a degree in physical education. And when I moved here to the US, I found out that you can just buy a certification online, right? And yep. go to a place, take the test, you know, and they'll become certified and you can work in a gym, right? Yep. Yeah, just, you just yep. need to take a test online and you're good yeah, to yeah. go, right? Yep. It's a, yep. Little, it's a little unsettling. And, and you know, you take it a step further, you I don't even need it. You don't even need to take the test. You could just say, Hey, I'm a personal trainer and, and you know, you're, you're good to go. You can walk right into a a studio or, or you train someone in their apartment or, you know, wherever, and you don't need a certification. And that's, I think a little unsettling because I think, you know, yes, there are people out there who, who know what they're talking about, have, have done the research online and, and, and are, are perfectly fine. But uh, I think, you know, there is also an element of knowing, uh, you know, a little bit more deeper the, the scientific reasons behind exercise or scientific reasons why we shouldn't exercise. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah. And uh, not only to go to college to get a degree, but you have to do more studies. You know, like I, I had a postgraduate study in exercise physiology because that was the field I like. I, I want to work with, you know. So, and after I finished college, I had I went back to school and did a one year graduate study in exercise physiology. Yep. And, yep. Uh, yep. And I, I think yep. that uh, you know having that, you know, not just the the undergraduate degree but also the the graduate degree, you know, allows you to sift through the bullshit, right? That's, you know, I had, you know, Joe Van Cleve on here and, uh, and he, he said, you know, that's what he, he said that. And it just, you know, like a light bulb went off in my head where it was like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. Cause like you can come on and you can like cherry pick exercises from social media and you can follow people's free programs and, and, and learn things online. But like the ability to like understand research and like sort out the bullshit, I think is really what we benefit like where you benefit having that exercise science degree yeah and uh from all that uh it's like four years uh, for the gra- for the undergrad school and then a year for the graduate school right mm-hmm. and uh what i what i can use i mean use now with my work that i remember is that the last year at college and the year that i did the the graduate studies you know it's good. So I understand what's going on with the client when he's doing something, right? Yeah. Physio- physiologically, you know? Yeah. And yep. I, th- I think that's important. You know, like you, you've said before, uh, if, if someone has a cardiac issue or someone has another underlying condition, you know how to handle someone with a pacemaker or you know how to handle, right. you know, someone who, who has osteoporosis. You, you know what goes into things like that, where and, I don't know if someone who, who, who hasn't been educated, who hasn't, you know, doesn't have a degree in that, I don't know if they necessarily yeah. could pick up on those things. Yeah, and also to know that if you don't know something, you have to contact somebody else in other industry and refer the client, right, to work. So it's very important to know that as well, right? Right, and, and now you have, you, you have a little bit of a specialty working with uh, clients who have some metabolic disorders, such as Parkinson's disease, right? Yep. Um, uh, talk, talk, talk to me about a little bit about how, you know, what goes into training someone who, uh, who has Parkinson's disease versus someone 
who might not? Yeah, it was uh, when she uh, had this client, when she came to me, she was in stage one of Parkinson, you know, I was like, I think 10, uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, it's very different because you have to be aware of the conditions, right, of the client. Uh, the the, the they have the motors, motors uh, symptoms have to be aware of, the rigidness, the tremor, you know, yep. and that each stage is very different, right? So, and uh, it's very challenging to uh, with her right now. Uh, we stopped training because of COVID, but I was training her at her house. She, yeah. And uh, on her wheelchair and pretty much was before any to to in the beginning of our sessions, she was doing like boxing, standing. Now she has to do a boxing on a wheelchair, you know, so right. you have to modify. Yep. Yeah. So, what would you, would, what would you say is like the, been the most helpful thing for her with through your sessions? Like what has helped her maintain some of her functionality and, and motor skills with your, uh, with your sessions? Uh, so Parkinson is uh, linked to the loss of dopamine, right? Yep. So, and uh, studies have shown that exercise can uh, digress the progression of the disease, yeah. you know, of the partial disease. And then her doctor even told her that uh, that she was still, before she used to go to the gym and walk to the gym because she was still doing that because she was exercising, you know? Yep. But the progression is inevitable. There is not, a, it's not going to cure, yeah. but it slows down the progression of the disease. Yeah, that's nice. it. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you've been working with her for, for 10 years, which, 10 is, years. which, which is pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and obvi I'm, obviously, during that time period, the disease progressed. But uh, do you, you know, how do you manage uh, expectations? with a client like that, where your typical client, you work with them and you want to see progress, right? You want to see them get stronger, lose weight, whatever it might be. Right. And, uh, and with this person, you know, those yeah. aren't necessarily the same goals. What, what kind right. of goals do you set with someone like that? You, you knew the end of this, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's so, each uh, was very challenging, Mike, because uh, I, I mean, in ten years, she was. I mean, in the beginning, she was able pretty much, pretty much to do everything, you know. And then right. it was pretty challenging to see the how. I mean, say that to you how. Uh, sorry, how. It was sad in a way to see that she wasn't able to do any more uh, what she was able to do, you know? Right. Is that a discussion but, you have with them where where you say like, you know, like, you know, this isn't just a, a short-term kind of thing. This is a long-term, you know, deal. And ultimately we're looking to have, you know, we're looking to increase your longevity, looking to increase your functional skills. Um, so like, so, you know, also, like- they're not setting, you know, PRs in their deadlift or, yeah. um, you know, or, or squat or anything like that. Yeah, it's not also not only motors, motors, but also non-motor symptoms, right? Like uh, the, the, the exercise will help her mental uh, mood and also depression, you know? Yeah, so yeah, because I know, I know Parkinson's is, is linked with depression. And that's linked with the dopamine, like you were saying before, because mm -hmm. dopamine, not only is it, uh, you know, like linked it's with the motor skills, but also is, you, right? it's supposed to excite yeah. you and, and, yeah. and kind of keep your mood up. So, so yeah, I mean, getting, you know, I mean, for anyone who, who's been stuck at home with COVID knows that uh, lack of activity directly correlates with, uh, you know, your, uh, your mood. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, and then just imagine that no matter what you did, like you're still stuck with, you know, decreased yeah. dopamine. With uh, this specific client, she was very, she's very smart and she knew what was going to happen to her, you know, in, mm -hmm. uh, in the long term, you know? So, 
So that's why she told her she would come to the class and she was upset, you know, because she knew uh, in the long term she was going to be in a wheelchair, you know? Right. And, yeah, that's it. Um, and now you've also worked with, uh, you, you, I know you said patients with uh, Alzheimer's as well. Yeah, I have a client who has a dementia, you know. Yeah. Dementia, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. so now, how, did, how does your uh, sessions with, with someone who has dementia, how does that work? How, how do you alter them for someone who might have some memory issues? You know, it was a very uh, low stage of the disease he had, you know, and uh, not, not the thing different, pretty much the same. I had later... Unfortunately, he passed away this year because mm -hmm. of COVID, this client of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was also training him at his home, you know. And uh, yeah, it was, there are a lot of challenges there, you know. At the end, when the, the more advanced stage of the disease was more challenging for me to work with him. Gotcha. Um, what would you say, would you say there's a difference between what you see in terms of health and fitness here in the United States versus what you see in Brazil or what you've seen in the past with Brazil? Would you say, uh, you know, in terms of how people take care of themselves here in America versus how people take care of themselves in Brazil? Oh. Uh, you know, with regards to exercise, with regards to diet, with regards to just, you know, taking care I of their bodies. Do, do you see a difference at all? I see a big difference in the diet, you know, mm -hmm. I think maybe it's changing now here in the US, but I, I remember I was taking a class in, in Brazil, uh, at my, the teacher of mine, he showed us a video of, uh, he came here to US and he was at a mall and he took a video and he showed us like people, uh, they were busy here in the US, you know, mm -hmm. and be, the fact was the junk food, you know, how people used to like, like junk food here, you we know, all those, those chains, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I think at the diet, you know, you see but the, now the, it's changing here in the US, I think. What's the, it's getting better. What's the typical Brazilian diet like? Uh, meat, beans, meat. rice, and, and meat, red meat, red meat, beans lots of rice. red meat. Yeah, a lot of seafood too. Yeah, gotcha, yep. gotcha. Um, and then, That's so would you say your diet has changed since coming here, or would you say, uh, uh it's, it's kind of always been the same? Always been the same, my diet, but I'm talking about the U.S. population here, you mm -hmm. know, people here, it's cheaper, right, to get, uh, chain food right and uh, go to mcdonald's get a, like a burger you know then buying healthy food like going right. somewhere else and get yeah that's do you see that in brazil also do they have um the same i guess uh love <laughs> for fast food that americans yes. do uh not back then but now we are becoming more like here in the US, you know, because all the chains that now here in Brazil and people love it. Yeah. Right. You know? Everyone loves yeah. their McDonald's. Yeah. Everywhere oh, you yeah. go, everyone That's loves it. McDonald's yeah. and Applebee's and yeah. Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense. Uh, do you, do you feel like um, as a result, you feel like in Brazil, they're getting more unhealthy? Do you feel or like compared to like what it used to be? I think so, yeah. I think so. Because of those chains that now in Brazil, you know, yeah. And uh, back then in Brazil, you used to go to work and you go home to have lunch and then go back to work, right? That's nice. But mm -hmm. now it's different. Now it's more like here. You live and then come back at night. So, yeah. So you don't have time to go home and have a lunch and have a siesta, right? A little uh, nap yes. after lunch. So do, they no do, they do that in Brazil also? They, they used they... to. No more. But no I know more. It's, they're still doing Spain, right? Yeah. Yes. But yes. In Brazil, I remember, yeah, but no more. Yeah. You, in Brazil, you can't go home and eat lunch and have a, a caipiriana and then... Oh, yeah. uh, and then go back that's how you say it yes and and go back to work you can't do that anymore no more uh -uh. the caipirinhas are uh, <laughs> are after work oh yeah <laughs> have, you, have you had one uh yes i have had one they are That's they are delicious. the sweet 
the sweet nectar of the gods. That's the problem. No, it's so sweet. They can't not stop drinking it, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> then you can't stand up when you're done. You can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after a couple of them, you're not walking home. That's for sure. Uh, what would you say? Uh, so when you came over uh, here from, from Brazil, what went into getting your start as a personal trainer? What did you find ultimately was the most successful thing? Um, How did you build I, uh, your client base? It was very difficult, you know. Uh, it took me like a, like a year, you know. First I came here and then and I went to a school, I studied English. And then uh, after that, I was trying to get a couple of clients and I had a couple of friends and I started to train friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, think the word of mouth, you know, it starts to tell the people and then I start to get more and more clients. Yeah. So, so yeah. through like word of mouth, I always find word of mouth interesting because it, it really is the best way for, for, you know, a business to, or, you know, a, a solo person like yourself to, to grow. Um, did you ask people for referrals? Did you, uh, you know, say, hey, tell your friends, or or was this something that just kind of happened naturally? It happened naturally. I'm sure I asked a couple of friends, or oh, if you know somebody, of course, a combination of both, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and then when you, so when you moved here, did you originally, did, did you know any English at that point, or did you learn that all while you were here? Uh, I went to English school, private English school back in Brazil, uh, for two years, you know, okay. before I moved to US. But when I got here, I couldn't say a word. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's it's Still. it's different, right? It's different <laughs> yeah, when you it, are talking yeah. it when you're talking in oh, yeah. uh, um, when, you, when, when you're when you're talking to like in class versus like when you're having a conversation with someone. Conversation, yeah. I've, so, I've, yeah. I learned I learned that the hard way because I took Spanish class. I mean, I took Spanish from seventh grade through my junior year of high school. And then I took it again for a semester in college. And then I went to go work in the Yankees organization and with a whole bunch of guys uh, from Latin America. And uh, I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew just enough to like get my point across. But when they talked to me in one ear, not the other. And uh, so I, I imagine it was probably like something similar to that for you when people started yeah. talking English to you uh i'm sure you kind of were like slow 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 uh, slow down no no oh yeah i couldn't <laughs> speak a word back then and right and also i was wanted you know that's why i want to come here i just want to come to us and learn the language and the culture you know and live abroad and have this experience you know and that's why i'm here you know? what uh when you i mean you've been here now 19 years what kind of Brazilian cultures are here in DC. I, I feel like I've, I don't know, I've come across a bunch of people who originally are from Brazil, whether it's at, at, at the gym or in public in social circles. Is there, is there like a good contingent of people from Brazil that live here in yes, DC? Yes, everywhere in the world. It's like a Prague, a Prague, Prague, Prague right? <laughs> like a Prague. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere. No, yeah. Um, so, th- so there's a good group of, of people from Brazil here. Oh, yeah. I'm sure if you go online and you search for, you know, group or something, you find a lot of stuff. Yeah. Anywhere. anywhere how, you go. How, important, how important was that to you when you first moved here? Did you use that to make friends? Did you use that for business? Did you uh, leverage that at all? Or You know, I already had friends here in Brazil. I would say, you know. <laughs> right. So, and that helped. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, And then, I mean, then, you know, you jumped right into, you know, being a personal trainer. What, what kind of advice would you give to someone who, you know, is new to the city? I mean, you know, it's like one thing, like I know I, I moved to DC and I started my business and I didn't know anyone here. You moved to DC, started your business and didn't even speak the language. Um, What kind of advice would you give to someone who who's looking to get started? in the fitness industry like yourself? So 
I was in California first before I moved to DC, just to clarify here to you. Right. Remember that? Okay. And uh, think about California. Um, I advise to somebody who is, you say, if somebody moving from anywhere to US, start a new career, a new yeah. life here. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it takes time, you know, just wait, you know, and things eventually are going to happen. You know, nothing's easy. You know, it's easy, completely easy. So you have to wait, and everything's gonna happen. It just takes time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, a big thing is the misconception of the overnight success, right? You hear about someone who, you know, it's like an over a surprise, you know, overnight success. And in reality, they've been doing this thing for years. I just had this discussion today with uh, with Zoe, our other physical therapist, about you know playing the long game and developing those relationships. Uh, whether it's with clients, with uh, referral sources, you know, it's, it's, you know, developing those relationships and playing the long game with people. And ultimately, you know, it's going to work. It's going to work for you eventually. You just yeah. got to put in the time and effort, right? Like, like uh, I used to work for a couple big corporation gyms, you know, and I remember that my boss and every day I used to get at the gym and check my voicemail to see if a client called to cancel a session, whatever. And my boss, my manager would every single day should say, oh, guys, you need to sell 500 or whatever, thousand more dollars. You're doing a great job. Please make your clients to buy more sessions. So I did not like that because, as you said, the clients, you don't need to pressure. They eventually will come back. You know, yeah. they're going to come back and buy more sessions and be doing that work that we're doing with him, right? going to continue right. that. So that's one thing that I didn't like work in a big corporation, you know, like yeah. gym, big gym. like yeah. Absolutely. I think the, um, the that like world of like corporate fitness versus like, because I know now you're working in, in smaller studios, there's a, a little less of a pressure to be always selling where it's like buy more packages, buy, buy a hundred pack, buy a 200 pack. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm a terrible seller. So it doesn't work for me. So that's why I like working for like private studio, personal training. So, yeah. Right. But, so now you are, what are the gyms that you're working at now? I work at the uh, fit DC and the uh, physiology fitness. Okay. And, and so now you have, I have some clients on my own tour that I go to the office, you know, and sometimes the homes and have a gym there now at the building. So yeah, a bit of so, everything, you know. So so since COVID has uh has hit, what um you know, how how has that affected your uh your your plans, your business? You know, it was very hard at first. I mean, I didn't have any I don't work for like a month. And I would never thought I would be training my clients virtually. Mm -hmm. No, I said, no, no. And uh, it's, it's going surprisingly well, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right now, I'm doing 80% of my clients now virtual. And they don't want to go back to the gym anymore. You know? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. I don't know. Let's wait until maybe we can get a vaccine. I think goes back to the new normal, right? Maybe. But yeah, as I said, right now, it's going very well. Nice. What do you think has contributed to the success of those virtual sessions? Um, you know, you can't, no option. You have, is there no option. Or nothing, no. right? That's yeah. it. I, I yeah, think, that's it. Yeah. I think the one yeah. thing I noted was just uh, having some decisiveness and telling people like, Hey, uh, virtual set, we're, we're going to have a virtual session it's going to be good. Trust me. And then, you know, you get them into the virtual session and they realize that, oh yeah, this is, this is good. This is actually, you know, what I need. And, and it can still be effective. I think, I think certain people have the mindset that, oh, this is a virtual session. It's not as good as the real thing or, or not as good as, as in person. And guess what? The virtual session is, is just as good as the real thing. There's, there's plenty. I know, I know from, from my side of it, there's plenty of things I can make people do at home. Uh, in their own home that are just as effective yeah. as, you know, being in the gym. Yeah, you have to be very creative. And uh, I realized that you can focus more on your client. I don't know if you agree with me, but at the gym, train your client, you have another trainer talking to you 
our clients so much distraction going on all the time, you know. And when you train your client visually, you uh, just look at your client, you know. And I thought that uh, it focus more on your clients. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're able to, because you're locked in on that computer screen and it's just mm. you and the client, there's no one else. And you're able to, you know, do everything you need. And I think ultimately the client gets more out of it because you can tie it more into what they have available to them. You know, yeah. do they have a step at home? Do they have weights at home? Right. What heavy objects do they have? Because then you can take the time to talk them through like, oh, well, I don't have any weights. Well, do you have a backpack? Yes. Do you have textbooks? Great. Yeah. You know, put that, put the textbooks in the backpack. Now you have a heavy dumbbell or a heavy kettlebell. Uh, there's, there's, you know, that was one of my favorite things was, you know, in the early days of the, the first lockdown, we, you know, really focused on like making things accessible to people. And we, you know, try to find household items. You know, I remember doing a Instagram video where I use liquor bottles. <laughs> I, use, I use liquor bottles for, uh, for shoulder exercises. You know, people, you know, right. don't have bands or, or weights at home. Oh, well, yeah. guess what? Do you have liquor bottles? Do you have wine bottles? Great. You can do plenty of shoulder exercises with those guys. Uh, you know, using a backpack, using um, looking. I'm looking around my apartment right now to see like other things that I had. Uh, it's just like it's you know, grab a case of water and and you're you know hold that while you do your squats. And I guarantee you, you know that resistance is gonna just, you know cause uh, cause some burn. So so I think that's a nice benefit because you know people will come in right to the gym and you'll use all the equipment in the gym, right? Yeah, they just have to be creative now, right? I mean, you also have to be creative at the gym, but now more than ever. But, a different uh, kind of creative, different kind of yeah, creative, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so now you, when you work with clients, do you typically see them once a week, twice a week, three times a week? Uh, what, how often do you see clients? Every, I mean, I have once a week, I have two, three, sometimes I have five days a week. I also have a client who's training with me five days a week and then somebody else same day five oh, more wow. days a week yeah crazy so they train so your person <laughs> they, they train with two trainers five days a week i had one client but he stopped that i said to him look you have to stop no i'm not training you anymore if you keep doing that so he finally stopped <laughs> wow that's uh that's pretty intense that's yeah. pretty intense uh do you, what goes into like why why do they uh want to work out with a trainer two trainers why? What, what do you I, think was the reason know. behind that? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd be interested to to get into the, the weeds there a little bit and, and decipher why they... Uh, no, but but I, I told him, look, no, that's not right. I didn't know that. He was doing that. He told me later. And I said, what? Return with me if somebody else later said, no, you have to stop. Do you Just, find... No, you don't need more than that. Um, do, you, do you find the average person you train is also doing other things in addition to working with you? Uh, I hope so, yeah. They do, I mean, other kind of activities, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do, you yeah. do you find that they're doing too much? Not too much, I don't, no, not too much, no. Yeah, you don't wanna overtrain, right? Who, who's, like the average, who's the average person that you work with? So you had to give yeah. me, like, if you had to like close your eyes and picture like the average person you work with, describe that person to me. Oh. This is a good exercise. Okay. Male. Uh, middle age. Yeah, a guy. Give me an age. Middle age. Give yeah. me an age. Uh, let's say like 45. 45. Five, yeah. What's his name? His name? No name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Just so permission. Okay. Um, all right. Um, and so, so now I know, cause I know you, you said you work with some people with like some metabolic disorders. Do you, do you tend to work with people who are training for something? What, what tends to be the goal that those people are, are, uh, no, I, no, I don't is have it weight it. loss. No. Is it, is it longevity? Like is it weight performance? Loss. Yeah. Weight loss. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. What kind of changes do you make to, uh, for to people's programs when their their focus is on losing weight, combination of uh, aerobic exercise and uh, weight training exercise, you know. So, and usually they do the aerobic 
portion on their own, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. How and, much uh, do you talk about nutrition with them? Uh, I give some advice. I cannot prescribe any diet, right? But I can, I give advice what to eat. That's all. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And I think that's one of those things where people think they can exercise away a bad diet. Yeah. They, they think um, that, that, oh, well, just because I'm working out with a trainer or just because I'm working out in general, I can eat whatever I want. No, Is that true? Uh -uh. No. Is that true? No, 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 no. It's a combination of the diet, exercise, all balance. No. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the, one of the things, like, I just remember this quote from my time in undergrad as a young exercise science major. It was the best way to lose weight is uh -huh. through your diet. Best way to keep weight off is through exercise. I like that. And, and that kind of stuck with me throughout my professional life here. Cause I think, I think that really makes, makes sense. Cause I think Good. if you're not, you know, making a change to your diet, I, I don't know how much success you can have. Cause like mm -hmm. you go on a treadmill for 20 minutes, you know, you run a treadmill for 20 minutes you're going to burn, I don't know, 200 calories, but then, you know, yeah. that's the same as eating as uh, the same as like drinking a Gatorade, you know, Gatorade's 200 yeah. calor calories. So, so are you, you know, you negate it, the, the energy, you know, or the, the calories that you burned, you know, right there. So, yeah. you know, I think it's that the diet, it ultimately comes down to, you know, the first step in success. And then I think once you get that under control, then the exercise becomes the next crucial factor to like, really take it to the next level and, and make it, you know, more of a lifestyle change than it is just a flash in the pan. Yeah. It just made me remember something. I have a client who just did the liposuction. Interesting. Uh, three weeks ago. And I told him, you should not do that. Okay. <laughs> try to try, keep doing the exercise and work on your diet because don't, don't, I said, don't, don't just try this first. Okay. Uh -huh. If you don't, results go do the do, do the liposuction right uh -huh. he did the liposuction i ju just saw him again like twice so far and then uh and then he said yeah, i have to get back because my doctor said i have to get back exercise i said i told you you have to exercise and uh, to keep uh, if you don't exercise you're gonna get all back again it's just gonna come right back him. it's yeah. just gonna come right back yeah. liposuction so, but, is the ultimate quick fix <laughs> yeah Oh my God. All right. So we're getting down into the, uh, the end of it here. Um, what, uh, what's the last book you read? Oh, find me. What's it called? Find me. Find, find me. me. Yeah. What's it? Uh, what's that? What's that about? Oh, it's takes place in Italy. It's about, of course, it takes place in Italy. I mean, uh, about this, uh, it's a, con it's a continuation of another book you know? okay. and it's about uh, this guy and uh, he's going to live in Rome but he's in uh, and he's meeting this girl uh, his, his father is going to visit his son in Italy in Rome and he's meeting okay. this girl this, uh, his father right uh -huh. and there's a romance there and also the kid that's Rome is uh, if so have you seen Coming by Your Name that movie I have not. No. So it's a sequel of that book, copied by your name. So, uh, yeah. And then. Yeah. Okay. It's Interesting. Okay. Um, what's, uh, what's one experience here in Washington, DC that you think everybody should have experience? Like, like one thing that you have done at one place you've been that you think everybody should do or go to or whatever. Uh, I love to go for a run at the mall, you know, Ah, the classic mall. Yeah, yes. I like that. Yeah, I like okay. the mall. Let's go for a run there. I mean, this city is so great. Run, you know, like so beautiful. You know. Yeah. Go to rock. So many options. Rock Creek for a run. Rock Creek. Yeah, I, I just yeah, got to Rock, rock Creek. Creek Park for the first time this summer. Embarrassingly enough, yeah. and uh, I know, I know, shame, shame that I've lived here for five years and I just uh, went to Rock Creek Park for the first time. But uh, yeah, if, Rock Creek Park is awesome. It's it's and, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. It's trying to sports, go for a run, draw quick park at the mall. Mm -hmm. And uh, have you been to the Arboretum? The Arboretum is beautiful. Love beautiful. the Arboretum. Yeah, yeah. I Love the Arboretum. Took my dog there. It was a beautiful day. It was so nice. Yeah. There I you like go. That. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
Are you a fan of Fogo de Chao or Texas de Brazil? Oh, I like both. Both. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite Brazilian restaurant in DC? Do you have a favorite Brazilian restaurant? Oh, uh, I like Fogo de Chao. Yeah. Fogo de Chao is it's it? My is it? Is it legit? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. 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 Compared it's, to it's, like the Fogo de Chao in Brazil. In Brazil, yeah, close. It holds close. up. It close. holds up. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. To, good to know. Uh, what's the best thing that's happened to you in the last week? Give me one good thing from the last week, and you can't say this podcast. Uh, still, it was like two weeks ago, but Biden got elected. Still, I'm still. Uh, two weeks ago, but all right, I'll get or three weeks ago, but I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah. Still, we're gonna have a new. Yeah, we're gonna have a new yeah. president in January. And now he. Like, looks like they're going to start to do the transition. So that's right. a good there, thing. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right. Nildo, if, uh, if people want to train with you, people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. No. What's your, yeah. what's your handle? Uh, Nildo Silva 19. At Nildo Silva 19. 19. N-I-L-D-O-S-I-L-V-A 19. Yeah, uh, and then the the studios that you train at are fit physiology and fitness and, and physiology. Oh, physiology. Yeah, do you want to plug them also? What's what's their websites? Uh, you know? Fit DC and physiology fitness. Yeah. Dot com. No, All right, we'll yeah. put those in the show notes also for those okay. listening. Uh, okay. Nildo, thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, we'll definitely be talking soon. I appreciate it. Appreciate. It. Thank you, Mike, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.